Well, we are officially here kicking off our very first Humanity of Sourcing podcast. Um, I am your host, Cassandra Gundy. Um, I sit um, within the diversity sourcing community here at Capital One. Um, I am a D-plus utility diversity sourcer, and I also provide um, some program management support to our sourcing community programs here. I am beyond thrilled. I I wish everyone could see the video that I have going (laughs) to kick off this podcast um, and share this content um, with the associates here at Capital One. Uh, The purpose um, of the Humanity of Sourcing uh, podcast is to utilize this platform to provide resources um, to associates here at Capital One um, by having insightful, um, resourceful, and very inclusive conversations. Um, Today, we will be uh, chatting about diversity, inclusion, and belonging, and why it matters. And our guest today is Siobhan Gordon. And I did share with Siobhan, I will have a smile on my face this entire uh, conversation. I am beyond thrilled to have you uh, join me on the Humanity of Sourcing podcast. Um, Siobhan is our VP of Diversity Recruiting here at Capital One. And I just have to share just your journey at Capital One has definitely been inspiring um, here just to see your background um, going from IT and making your way um, up to a VP of diversity and recruiting here. Um, I will allow Siobhan to um, speak a little bit more and introduce herself a little bit more. I feel like I'm not doing justice, um, but Siobhan. No, Cassandra, I think you did a great job, actually. It's always weird to sit and hear people talk about you, like in all of my years of wisdom, on this planet, it still feels odd to sit down and hear people read your bio. So I thought you did a great job. Dare I say it, I've been at this company, um, it'll be 20 years in February, uh, which is hard to say out loud. And here's the kicker, I didn't start my career here. I started my career as a software engineer working for DuPont. Um, You know, I, I really enjoyed my time at Capital One. And as you mentioned, I started my journey in tech and, and one of the reasons I ended up in diversity recruiting, because I get that question a lot, like, Siobhan, you know, you're an engineer, you started your career in software, how the heck did you end up in HR? And it's because I followed my true passion. So um, as a black female engineer, I was often the only, in a lot of spaces, I still am the only, um, if you kind of call out those identities. And being a first-generation college student, I always made it my purpose to go back to schools and universities and help students who were in a similar situation as me make the right decisions about their future. Um, And then I also made it my purpose to how do I create more of me? How do I create, create more students from underrepresented groups who are interested in STEM and go on to be engineers and software engineers? And so as a result, that kind of landed me here in what I will honestly say is my dream job, which is, you know, owning the enterprise diversity recruiting strategy for Capital One and then partnering with our broader enterprise diversity, inclusion, and belonging team on Capital One's DIB journey. Um, And it's been awesome. I've been in recruiter in HR, I should say, for six years, most of that time in recruiting. 2020 in particular was a tough year, but I feel like it was a year of reckoning um, for all things diversity and inclusion and belonging. And so it's been exciting to see Capital One's focus 
um, and some of the things that we've got uh, lined up in the diversity, inclusion, and belonging space. So excited to be here to talk to you, Cassandra, and hopefully have a conversation um, about some of the cool things we've got going on in the DIB space. Thank you so much, Shavana. Thanks for sharing that. And just uh, and that, thanks for sharing that you're a first generation college student and just a way just to kind of give back uh, and most definitely pave the way for the people that are right behind you um, coming through that same door and walking the same holes that you've walked. So I, I definitely appreciate you sharing that. that that's really big. Um, I'll just dive right in and just ask off the top, like, why does diversity, inclusion and belonging matter? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And some people will say, well, duh, you know, why would we ask that question? But you'd be surprised that there are a lot of people walking around saying that very thing. Why does it matter? Um, and, and I would say it, we want our associates to be able to come to Capital One and be comfortable being who they are. And often we say, and other companies say, you know, we are a company where you can bring your whole self to work. And I often push on that because most of us know we don't bring our whole selves to work, right? Because there's always a fear of if I am my whole self, if I truly own my identity, whatever that identity is, am I a woman, am I a wife, am I gay, am I transgender, um, will I be judged because of that? And so it's important that we create an environment where people are comfortable stepping into and owning their identities and showing up as themselves at work. And there's a ton of studies out there that show when you do create that environment and allow people to truly be their whole selves, the company benefits from it. You get more innovation. And the reason you get more innovation is your associates aren't so concerned with hiding who they are, right? That takes energy to walk into the room and say, okay, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to hide the fact that I'm black, or I'm going to hide the fact that I'm a first-generation college student. I'm going to hide the fact that, you know, I have two moms and not a mom and a dad. That zaps a lot of your energy and takes it away from your ability to really be able to do your job and do it well. And so it does, you know, impact the bottom line of companies. We want our associates to come in and be available, their whole selves, to innovate and come up with solutions. It's also important because we need people to be comfortable sharing their perspectives. And this is where it's really important. A lot of companies get really focused on the diversity. So they want to hire, hire, hire. Siobhan, I need to hire more women. I need to hire more Black. I need to hire more Latinx. It doesn't matter if we hire them, if when we bring them in, they're not comfortable bringing their perspectives to the table as a Black person, a Latinx person, or as a woman. And we need those perspectives because guess what? Our customers look like us. And so it helps us also with creating better solutions and delivering better solutions and being able to serve our customers. And we have to make sure that our associates are able to truly innovate and share their perspectives and feel like they can do so um, without uh, harm, right? And with, without feeling like people are going to judge them and treat them differently because they are doing so. So it's really important. It really does matter. It, it impacts the success of our company. It impacts the success of our associates. Um, and honestly, it impacts the beyond our associates when they go home, right? We want them to feel good about the work that they're doing. Um, 
and we and we want them to be able to go home and talk about the awesome work that they're doing and so proud that they're doing purposeful work as well. Exactly. Yeah. And just just calling out, I, I feel like um, we, as far as our company culture is concerned, we've embraced um, why diversity, inclusion, and belonging matter. Um, and when so many companies, even our competitors, are kind of like trying to walk the same walk that we're doing, they're publicly um, calling out what they're focusing on externally and internally. Um, I just know once I log off all my Zoom calls for the day, um, I know <laughs> what we're working on and focusing on um, at Capital One and definitely um, holding ourselves accountable. Um, with yeah. um, you, with you being at Capital One, I, I know you're coming up on almost 20 years, Siobhan, <laughs> which is just phenomenal. Um, and you being in this space for as long as you have with our diversity, inclusion and belonging um, journey, how do you feel like it's evolved? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, and last year, I think, was an extraordinary year for us in terms of DIB. Um, now, obviously, what I will say is I hate how we got there, right? So I feel like in our community in the United States, um, a second, you know, civil rights movement essentially happened um, with the killing of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey. I feel like we, we got to a bit of a reckoning point and it was kind of like we have to do something. And what I so appreciate and here's the thing, Cassandra, I don't know that I ever expected this to happen, but what I appreciated was our CEO saying, hey, this is not okay. And, and here are the things that we are going to do at Capital One. Number one, to address this externally, you know, with a series of investments that we made and things that we want to do externally, but also internally at our own company. And while I always knew um, that Rich was supportive of our DIB journey. It was the first time that I'd seen him do it on such a public stage and publicly and actually declaring, here are our core initiatives that we're going to focus on. That was a historic moment for our company. And it was really awesome for me to see us get there. Because that was the thing, I think, that we were all, you know, Waiting for that to happen and to see it happen was outstanding. And then the other thing that I truly appreciated and I think shows how much we've evolved on our journey is having those very important race conversations that we had, right? And here's the thing, like the race conversation is hard. It is really hard. And people tend to shy away from those conversations because you're just afraid, am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to offend somebody? And it's really hard to create that safe space because people don't have the conversation. And we stepped into that. And not only did we have the conversation, we had it a lot, multiple times. Um, and that was also unprecedented for us as a company. And a huge step in our diversity, inclusion, and belonging journey is to embrace that difficult conversation, that tough conversation and to encourage our associates and leaders to continue that conversation in their own circles. Um, so, and, and it's continuing, which I love, right? So now that we didn't do a once and done, we've had it. And we also acknowledge something that um, I don't know that we've ever done before, which is, hey, you can't check that at the door. Like I grew up, you know, old school, you don't talk politics at work, you don't talk race at work, check it at the door. 
But as a black woman, there's no way I'm going to be able to check that at the door. That's going to impact my performance. And what we saw is it wasn't just impacting the performance of our black associates. It was impacting all of us. Like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. It's on TV. It's COVID, so I can't go anywhere. I can't look away. I can't be distracted. And so saying, hey, we need to have this conversation and we need to make it okay to have this conversation, I think, was a a huge evolution in our DIB journey at Capital One. Huge. Huge. And Siobhan, I'll, I'll just say just the communication coming from the top down from Rich, um, addressing like our efforts and for you to validate and say like, hey, you know, it, I know Rich has always supported our efforts, but he has never publicly, you know, put it out there. So that was definitely refreshing. And just to know that we're all essentially in this together. And yeah, like with everything going on, pandemic going on and just everything going on personally um, for people. It's really hard to escape it. And I was raised similar to you, like you you check it at the door. You don't talk about politics. You don't talk about religion. And I honestly feel like our teams have done a phenomenal job of creating a safe space and checking in. Um, Becky, my my hiring manager, Becky McCulley checks in. Siobhan, you check in with, with your org. If it's even a simple Slack message, to ensure everyone's okay or if you're pulling everyone together um, to chat um, and just kind of do a pulse check. Um, So definitely uh, do appreciate that. Um, And I know with the communication coming from the top down, like Rich just letting everyone know, like, hey, you know, this is what we're working on. This is what we're focusing on. How have you um, or your your leadership team uh, handled any type of resistance to change? Yeah, and you know, it's interesting, there's always resistance to change. Um, one of the things that I often say to my team, Cassandra, you, you may have actually heard me say this, is sometimes you have to understand that people's perceptions of diversity, inclusion, and belonging, their perceptions of race are deep-rooted, right? Um, we learn a term that's called priming, and that's how you grew up. You know, you grew up and were taught a certain set of beliefs and values. It's hard to undo that in a couple of days, in a couple of weeks, and for some people ever. And so a part of it is understanding that there are just going to be some individuals that you can't change and they don't want to learn, right? And not allowing yourself to get so frustrated because of those handful of people. And I always like to say assuming positive intent and understanding that for a lot of people, they do want to learn. They just don't know where to start. And so a part of it is us taking the opportunity to educate. And that was a big thing last year. It's like, hey, what you can do is learn how to be anti-racist, right? Read up on, you know, what is racism? What is white fragility? Like there was so much books and materials and content going around, um, And understanding that, you know, for those people who want to learn, it may require, and I know there's a lot of pushback around the oppressed shouldn't educate the oppressor, but sometimes we're in a position where we have to do that. And and it's because of the role that I play that I have to do that a lot. And understanding that for the people who want to learn, I want to help them. Like, here's my opportunity to help them learn how to be better, how to be anti-racist. And for the people who have made it clear hey, that's not my thing, I don't want to do it. Know that you're not going to change them as an individual. But the good part is, as a company, right, we have made some declarations around places that we're going to do better. 
and you can still talk to them about how they're going to be able to meet that objective that we have as a company. So kind of separating that personal piece and saying, hey, as a person, this individual isn't leaning in and that's okay. But as a leader, I am here to help you with meeting these goals and objectives. And just recognizing, and I know this part is hard, particularly like, um, you know, some of my HRPs who I love them because they want to go save the world and, I, and they will save the world, to be clear. Like, I love them. But helping them understand the old school adage of, you know, you can't change somebody who doesn't want to change. And that resistance um, is typical and expected for work that is related to diversity and inclusion and belonging and making sure that that doesn't prevent you from helping the people who actually are leaning in and want to learn and want to drive change. I absolutely love that, Siobhan. It, it, it is hard to be met with like pushback um, when we're implementing such great things, um, but you're, you're absolutely right. You can't change people who don't want to be changed, but you can still put it on their radar, <laughs> um, what, what type of impact we're making um, and change is coming. So definitely appreciate that. Um, as we start to wrap up, just one more question for you. How has diversity, inclusion, and belonging personally impacted you? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And it's so weird because I feel like I've been immersed in this work for so long. Last year, I'll share with you, Cassandra, presented a unique challenge for me in that up until last year, you know, killings of unarmed Black people were not a new thing. It's, you know, there was a joke, and I, I hate to say a joke, but, you know, when you talk to a Black person, they would say killing of a Black person wasn't new for us. Like, it's a Tuesday. Like, it happens so much that you almost become numb to it. The part that was different last year that actually made me pause was typically when that happened, I got a text say, hey, thinking about you, I hope you're okay. And you're like, okay, well, thanks. I appreciate you checking on me. Last year, the, the responses I got were different. It was like, hey, Siobhan, I need to know what I can do. What can I do to impact change? What can I, what can I do to make things better? And I didn't know how to answer that question. I was like, nobody's ever asked me that before. <laughs> like, what, what, what can people do? And so that's when the conversation started happening around anti-racist and educate yourself. And you, you may remember uh, we, we, we created this massive spreadsheet of like articles and blogs and organizations that our associates could donate to. And that gave me hope. Like I was like, wow, this is different. Like I have never seen this happen. I have never, like, and I really had, this is a true statement, never seen a Black Lives Matter movement where there were just as many non-Black people as there were Black people, right? And so for me, I had a bit of my own, like, wow, this is amazing. And it gave me renewed hope. And I think I had gotten a little numb, right, to what was happening externally, which is not good, but it, it happens when you've been immersed in this type of work for so long. And so it's actually renewed me and kind of my focus and not just, you know, what can I do within the walls of Capital One, but how am I impacting change in our country? Um, and I often mention, you know, one of the reasons I'm in this work is because I've got two daughters 
I want to make sure that they have the opportunity to do whatever it is they choose and that they are not restricted by the fact that they are Black women. And I've protected them from a lot of this for a long time. Like, we didn't talk about what, because you feel like you're stealing their innocence to say, all right, although we've had this conversation, like, this is what you do when you get stopped by police officers. Let me tell you about this other shooting that happened. And so at home, it forced us to start having these conversations around, hey, we need to talk about this. And we need to talk about how sometimes you're going to be treated differently just because of who you are. Um, and let me talk to you about what's happening in the community in response to these murders. Um, and what do you think? Like, what's your perspective? Does this come up at, come up at school? And, and I, hadn't, I hadn't done that before because, again, I was like, you know, if I can protect my kids from this for as long as possible, I'm going to do that. And it really pushed us to have some different conversations at home as well. Um, so, you know, I'm still extremely passionate about this work. And I feel like some of the renewed effort and some of the, the things that happened last year have given me a new perspective on how I approach it, how I impact change, and continue to reinforce that this is, Cassandra, still my dream job, although it is extremely difficult sometimes. Um, progress is small, but progress is good. Um, and I'm hopeful that we're going to continue to drive and impact great change. Thank you, Siobhan. De definitely, I, I personally like see the impact, feel the impact, um, and you're, you're doing great work. And I love to hear that it's your dream job and definitely having those conversations at home and at work um, is imperative uh, to keep, to, to strive for change. But thank, thank you so much uh, for connecting um, with me today um, on the Humanity of Sourcing podcast. Um, before I let you go, I do want to do a quick plug for everyone listening. If you're interested um, in learning a little bit more about our diversity, inclusion, and belonging efforts here at Capital One, don't forget to check out uh, the Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging Pulse page. It's definitely amazing. If you want to create some more change and have a deeper impact, I encourage everyone to check out our business resource groups, our BRGs, um, which can also be accessed um, on Pulse. If you click on groups in the drop down, all of our business resource groups uh, do uh, populate for you. But thanks again uh, for tuning in to Humanity of Sourcing. Until next time, bye.